You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. You know, I'm not big on guest appearances for the flagship show, but uh, someone is here to make uh, an appearance on the finale. What? Uh, What? All the way uh, from Yorktown Heights, New York. Uh, Give it up for Neon Green. Oh, Oh, Neon. I forgot that he made the trip, and uh, he didn't want to miss it. He said, I don't want to miss that for the world. (laughs) Spit on me. Look at him there. Smug in his finery. How beautiful it is. <laughs> People always ask, where can I get it? And I got it at a comic book store that isn't even there anymore. People that, think that I they, got it from the Geekery. I didn't. I got you got it, it Forbidden Planet, you said. I'm Forbidden Planet. Is it's it still, still there? there? It's right. Yeah, it's, it's still like, there. It is my go-to. It, because it's close to where it's I teach. It's up by NYU. It's like right it is my it is my Wednesday, my Wednesday comic book shop uh, sojourn. It Love used to be on place. 13th Street. Yep. And then it moved down to like between 11th and 12th, right? There are multiple locations. Well, but the one I'm thinking the about one, is the, when it, it moved down a couple blocks. It's between 12th and 13th. Okay. On the, it's it's same, not on the corner anymore, right? No. It's a, the, the corner is I can't, something else, but the, yeah, it's between the corner and the strand. So it's still there? Yeah. Okay. So it was very, it must have been before we even started recording or maybe early in the recording. I don't know if Neon Green was there in episode one. I was like, I need a new D20. We're playing a lot more now. We've got this podcast. And I went down there and I saw this and it just spoke to me. I didn't buy a set. And uh, a lot of people will come up and show us like, ah, I got a Neon Green too. And I look at him like, I don't want to hurt them, hurt their feelings. But I'm like, that's, that's not the right color. You don't remember what I did? No, what'd you do? Well, when you revealed where you got it. You went there. I went there, and I bought everyone here a neon green, but they they only had three, so I had to get this neon orange. I do remember that, but do yours match? Yeah, they all match yours. Really? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of this little company called Chessex, Troy. I remember it that you went there, and the guy's like, we don't sell dice here no more. We haven't sold (laughs) dice in over 100 years. (laughs) That no, I got everyone in the dice. Game. You say, <laughs> but I don't think they rolled as well. I think I think neon orange rolled better than the neon green, so they were faded into obscurity. It's because you didn't make a pact with the devil. Silly <laughs> <laughs> <Spilling> me. <laughs> That's what they forgot to tell you. Um, at Forbidden Planet. At Forbidden Planet. <laughs> Where do you keep it at home? That's what I want to know. Well, I don't really use it on shows anymore. I actually thought about doing it live on the show today, taking a hammer and pounding it into <gasps> dust. And oh, no. Putting that dust in a locket that I would wear around my waist. Around <laughs> <laughs> your waist? <laughs> you would affix to your hair shirt? <laughs> uh, just because I don't wear it, I don't wear it. I don't use it anymore, uh, really, because it doesn't roll well in the. Uh, in the fucking Elderwood, John, what is this thing? Dice this Elderwood rolling. Academy, or what is this? Wormwood. 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 It doesn't roll well on the Wormwood. I don't take the Wormwood home. It rolls well. Oh, this is a Natty 19. It rolls well on a table, but uh, I don't know. So I was thinking about destroying it and then just saving the powder and but inhaling it. It comes to every live show. <laughs> it does come to every live show, and I used to sit it in a little throne in front of my GM screen, but uh, I forget to do that sometimes, too. All right, I won't kill it. But I will kill you guys as this castle is going down. Let me ask you this. Like, obviously, 
you knew about the dead man switch. There was a time uh, because of uh, the, how long uh, of a time there was between the, the 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 break we took during COVID and also just the 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 number of shows we were recording. There was a time that I was worried that you guys forgot about the dead man switch. But then I was in this weird position where I was like, I don't want to bring up the dead man switch yeah. if it never came up on the show. And then I found the episode where it's mentioned two hundred seventy. Yeah, and so I was worried that you guys. I didn't want to overstate it but i wanted to make sure you knew about it but then i didn't know what you would actually do about it uh yeah, what uh, what on earth would you do about it There's nothing to do we were so goddamn at the edge trying to just stay alive for a round yeah let alone be like let's not kill him until we get that diadem off his head and reprogram it. <laughs> also, I think if you take it off his head, it sets off the dead man switch. Yeah. So it's just like, I think we're just going to have to deal, cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the only thing that we conceivably could have done would have been to seduce him somehow, make him fall in love uh-huh. with one of us, and then settle things that way. But uh-huh. as we've seen, he plays a little hard to get. <laughs> he sure does. I mean, he rejected outright marriage proposals from... Well, yeah, who, at, at least I thought two. was a perfectly viable. Seems like a partner. perfectly sure. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Grant, his standards are too high. That's why we <laughs> killed him. As you said last week, <laughs> he deserved to die. <laughs> Your standards are too high. Sometimes you're going to get got. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Grant, I think it's something you were considering. I think you were thinking about maybe using one of your gunslinger tricks to try and shoot it off his head, or go over there and be like, "Hey!" And you uh, all of a sudden you look and he, he's wearing your hat. Well, I think it's like three card Monty with the ball game on the street, but with his hat and the diadem. Um, no, I was thinking about it. I was thinking like, uh, without knowing exactly how it works, I was like, I wish I had like disintegrate as a spell. You could try to disintegrate. but what happens if it goes away? Like, is there any way to pilot if it's how the castle moves as well? Like, I don't know what's connected to that. I, did, I had an idea in my head. Just as we were talking about it, like, could you use magic jar to take the soul out of out of the storm tyrant and keep his cool. body alive and then, like, move it onto another person's head while he was out of the oh, body? Oh, that's interesting. Like, something like that would be really cool. I'm sure there's a magical solution that would be awesome, uh, but I was not well-equipped to deal with it. I didn't know what you guys were going to do. At, one po- at what point in the fight or did you always know that, like, uh, when he goes down, it's going down? It seemed like when we discovered that disabling the bomb was nigh impossible, Mm -hmm. I I just assumed this castle was going to get blown up when we killed him. Yes. And especially as the fight started with him, like destroying half the castle, if he was doing it or not, like it was falling apart. I was just like, oh, yeah, this shit is going down and we're going to have to steer it right. That's what I assumed would happen. I mean, if we survived the fight. Well, the other option would have been to try to figure out. Uh, with Blood Reader, if Nestor was still around, exactly his hit points, get him to just below his constitution, yeah. keep him alive, maybe, in that instance, but maybe it goes off when he goes unconscious. Who knows? He's yeah. too dangerous to live! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally different fight with Nestor in there, but then you always think think about, like, 
if he started dropping those AOE spells or full attacks on Nestor, that could have got tricky as well. Nestor may yeah. not have been around the those yeah, rounds if he that you guys were managed to focus on Nestor. He probably he would not have lasted very long anyway. So. I mean, that breath, the dragon's breath weapon. Was yeah, that, well, well, except you, you would have made the I had evasion. Yeah. I would have been probably I would have been completely unharmed from all of the dragon's breath stuff, which is the main thing. Where at least for Jimmer, that's like where almost all of his damage ended up coming from was that, but. Yeah. 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 Well, you you said it at the beginning of the first part. It's like, well, we'll we'll deal with Dogwood's body later. Uh I'm interested to hear how, because uh, <sighs> it's going down. It's going to be interred in the ground with where the safe place we cl- crashed the castle. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's soon at the end. What a monument. What a what a what a grave marker is this giant once flying castle. Yeah. Just carve his name into it and you're, you're good. That's true. Pretty, that goes down. And also, we could work to steer it uh, to like punch it into a cemetery. I won't. That. Steer right for the nicest cemetery in the region. Slam it. Yeah, we should all lie there for eternity. That's, what a beautiful spot. There, next to the tree. The tree. <laughs> yeah, so let's definitely select our crash site. Based on, on where the quality of the sylvan landscape around it. For our final resting spot. <laughs> I'm sorry, Grant. Oh, I was just thinking, like, at the end of last episode when Rimfall asked who spoke giant and who could understand all this and and he baron finally volunteered that he could thinking back to getting into all of the giants plans at ash peak like looking through those maps and like seeing this kind of flashback to baron flipping through the papers and seeing the north south east west things that were theoretical perhaps in those plans that are now very real and crashing down all among us it's i love that stuff i love thinking back to those moments that's one of the things like i can't wait to read this adventure after (laughs) we're done here to look back at stuff like that and with new significance based on what we've seen since it's yeah it's exciting yeah, uh, I'm really interested to hear how you're going to get out of this because this is uh, this is pretty bad, and and the way it's written in the book is is really cool too. So I think you'll enjoy seeing like what the different <laughs> options were uh, for this. But right now, uh, there are explosions just happening. All you you hear it. Whatever the bomb set off, other things are exploding. Like typical explosions. The uh, the crude that's, oil. That's the problem. The kitchen. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. The, the, it's like yeah, in a in, a, in an actual <laughs> fort, modern fort. Yeah, other shit might explode. But like, what else is exploding here? The exactly. fizzable material, the the uranium. The yeah. Yeah. Half-life. Okay, the fertilizer with which they treat the <gasps> the outside orchard. Oh yeah. Wow. So that's all blowing up. Plus uh, all the propane uh, for the cookouts. Yeah, don't not to mention the the propane room, which is the one room you never found. And the propane accessories. Don't forget those. Propane. They kept the propane room oh, directly uh, above the bomb. I don't know why Renfall didn't go with uh, induction. It's much safer. Well, mm. what are you guys going to do? <laughs> <laughs> just cut that shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, what are you doing? But anyway, you see sections of the castle are falling off. You don't think that the whole thing is going to like crumble. It's going down. Now you're flying. All the, all of you have the ability to fly. Renfall said, go to the foundation room, say uh, in giant in that order, north, south, east, and west. I can't remember the order. East, east, south, northwest or something, whatever. In giant. Baron Seems important. You said we had to say it in that order. North, south, east, and west. Uh, right. Well, I assume uh, Grant took notes, so I wasn't going to repeat it. Uh, well, this is uh, one instance in which uh, 
Good has failed against evil. Gotcha. That's our notes. So, no, uh, I took no. North, east, south, south north, west, north. North, south, east, west. <laughs> east, south, west, north. I wish we had east, a, south, we had a tape west, north. East, south, west, north. In that order, in giant, it will realign the balance. Then he wants you to meet him in the engine room, assuming the engine room's there. You're asking what else could blow up? The engine room. Uh, all of that shit could just... But if it's still there, and he told you this like the second you befriended him, maybe, maybe if you're able to destroy Volsis, I can use whatever energy I have left to try and bring this thing down safely. Well, at the time, it was like, d- d- redirect it or drive it. Now it's like, it's going to crash. Let me see if I can steer it away from a city. Steer it away from True Now, maybe. Who knows? You actually told us how to do this in episode 289. We can reboot the access of the castle by touching the correct four faces of the lodestone and saying the phrases and then heading to the engine room. Yeah, wow. Oh. Boom. Good notes. Wow. Bottle cap. Bottle cap. Should we? Fantastic. Is it, is it worth <laughs> <laughs> Finally. You know what? Bottle cap for everybody. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> is it actually? Is it worth at all grabbing the diadem, or is that? Or is it, is it useless now? Is it useless now? Oh my god! Does Metra pick it up? Ooh! Oh. Look over all of us. Get like a nasty grin and just like gently put it on our head. The diadem is mine. The diadem is mine. I'm the captain now. And she starts to take over the fucking world. She grows. What is the Cape Lanchet? I would size. be a righteous queen. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful and terrible as the dawn. Of a queen. <laughs> Beautiful and terrible as the dawn. Treacherous as the sea. Stronger than the foundations of the earth. All shall love me and despair. Metra. Signed. Metra. Signed. <laughs> Signed. Metra. XOXO. P.S. Wayne Gretzky. Adam Scott. P.S. Dalth Gretz in the closet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a cemetery over there. Uh, imagine after that bullet hit Volsis, Volsis just like fell backwards off of a Kazareth and just boom, boom hit like the area that's still intact of this floor that used to be his bedroom, that used to be Azarth's bedroom when he ran Zephyr Hall, and the body's just kind of flopping around as the castle's going all over the place. A Kazareth broken from her. Her captivity or his captivity uh, just rears back and flies the fuck away. You're welcome. <laughs> it doesn't say anything. Uh, so wait, so should, do we have any reason to suspect the diadem might be useless? Uh, no, you, it's, it sounds like it could be a, a it could be of help. I'm not saying we were not going go to go. Just grab it. The foundation block. But yeah, Baron, do you want to you want to take control of the castle? Baron will take his hat off his head momentarily. <gasps> Put it over his heart, and then it flies off. Baron has a dead man switch connected to the hat, and he falls dead. <laughs> Wait, all of a sudden, a horse somewhere explodes. And <laughs> <fire. laughs> did this happen before? Yeah, when uh, the uh, Minderhaus Valley, you lost your hat. Yeah, lost a, your hat. Went like fifty miles. We away. were fighting. Um, <laughs> oh, it was outside the tomb, right? Yeah. yeah Troy just kept yeah. leaning into it. He's like, it's "Oh, what's, gone. what's her and name?" Grant it was, was uh, like, really angry. It was what's her name? <laughs> the the uh, Iwiga. Right? Iwiga. Yeah, we were fighting Iwiga. We outside, oh, the tomb. outside the tomb. That's right. Yeah. We finished the battle. Because I stepped, uh, she set up the wind wall, and I stepped right into the middle of right. it so I could shoot a bullet through it in my hat. Was that like a 90 or something? It was like episode 90? God, like 1990? So I think that's when we were in <laughs> 1990. Yeah. 1990. Um, <laughs> do you want to go down and try and take this thing off his head? 
Yeah, I'll go down there. Fly, fly right over there. Okay, you fly over there and you remove the diadem from his head. You know, you're able to detect magic on this. You are able to detect this, this is a 20th level arc artifact. Um, minor artifact, I should say. Uh, however, unlike other wondrous items, as you hold it, it does not resize for you. It remains huge. Uh, the cloud diadem is sized for a huge wearer and does not magically adjust to wearers of different sizes. So the magical properties of the crown are unusable by you straight out of the book just wrap it around your head a couple times yeah can i can i hula hoop it a little bit <laughs> it looks really cool um but yeah you're where not going to be able to do what you want to do where's the what where does a belt where's yeah you could wear it as a nice belt the yeah. cloud belt how does it look <laughs> um but you have it and now are you going to make your way to the foundation room, yes. as Renfall said? Yeah. yeah. Or are you yeah. just going to abandon Castle? Okay. No, I'll dimension doors to the foundation room. All right. I will. Uh, also, here's the thing. I don't mean to shit on the, you know, the little story you're putting together here. How dare you? In this day. How dare you, finale? In this time, the likelihood that this thing is going to crash into a single living being person. That sounds like Joe talk, not Sir Will talk. Would you even risk the chance? Sure. Maybe it'll land in the countryside. Can I take a look? But what if it doesn't? Can I take a but look? What if it doesn't? <laughs> but what if it doesn't? Well, all right. Now we don't know where it was heading, right? Right. So it could have been. It could be on course for a densely populated part, the northeast corridor, Avistan, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Right into Absalom. Yeah, it could be like it could crash right into. Absalom. Oh, that place. Please yeah. do us I a mean, favor. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing: is anyone? Hey, I'm from outside. Hey, I'm from Absalom. Is anyone taking uh, Joe's uh, selfish point here? No. Maybe it would be fine. This is because I'm assuming that's what Sir Well, Sir Will says to the group. But I mean, the odds of this landing on an innocent is small. Let's go. Well, couldn't we fly out of the castle and look at the trajectory, <laughs> see if there's any cities anywhere near? Go it's ahead. a waste of time. Well, yeah. no, we need four people. You uh, can send Lex. Right. The want. castle is also probably moving faster than we could, right? Yeah, it's just going what's, down. What's it doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, to the whatever, the four blocks, the magical block. Quickly, all right, to me. The rebooting blocks. Yes, we yeah. all touch Metro's hand, and I say, don't forget Lexington. And it's too late. Lexington and, stays. And he gets blown out the side. Where he buries that. Where he buries No. I could happen so fast over here. I want to redo the open of the finale. Okay. Blue sky. Clouds. A light breeze. Suddenly a figure comes falling into view. It's a wolf with a cowboy hat. Struggling mightily. Trying to right itself. It's like, how did we get to here? You're probably wondering how I ended up in this situation. Lexington can fly. He's fine. No, no, he's fine. Lexington's no longer a wolf with that hat. He's a lobo. Uh, Yeah, I'm good. I can also summon him anywhere, so we're good. All right, great. Lexington, you'll be all right. Look Just fly if you need. I take Lexington. 
All right, you all go to my mission room. Look at the, you only look, have so many hands. Look at the map. You only have three hands. <laughs> you, have, you can touch me. Uh, if you'll direct yourselves to where I'm pinging here, uh, this is on the first floor Don't of the castle. Don't ping me there. And I, it appears I left a pawn that we're using in this room uh, of Lexington the Magical Wolf. Oh. And it was a hastily chosen pawn because it's a uh, like a Sims type Oh, of, I remember her. In, yeah, it's like a little, little business suit. <laughs> right. Just says on, on our way to a power lunch. That's Lexington. It's a Lexington we all know. He's a real, he's a real go-getter. He's, he's going to shatter glass. that glass ceiling, that Lexington the wolf. Sure. What do you need? I, I've, got, I've got ten minutes. I, could do, I, I got ten. What do you guys need? Make your way to argue a case in federal court. He's the prosecutor. <laughs> Your Honor, justice is blind. Uh, all right, so you come to this room, and you know that you need to uh, touch each of the four faces and say in giant, uh, east, south, west, and north. North, west, east, and south. Who is saying what? And tell me how that sounds in giant, whatever you say is canon. Uh, do we want to each take a direction? Yes. 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 Yeah. Each of us should take the direction. So Will will we, go to the north. That we feel most connected to. Thank you, sir. <laughs> right. Yes, that's the one I feel most connected to, Metra. What is that called in, in Giant? It's just called Beef. Beef. <laughs> okay. Beef. Beef right. is north. All right. Beef is north. Who's, take, who's going down south for the I'll, winter? I'll take south. Okay. What is the giant word for south? Sugash. 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 Sugash is south, and uh, north is beef. Beef. <laughs> Who's taking east? I shall take east. Metra shall take the east, and what is the giant word for east? Hummus. Hummus. <laughs> okay. Hummus, beef, and sugash, and then that would leave you, Baron. To the west. Appropriately to the west. Appropriately, yep. Man of the west. What is the giant word for West. Weekosh. Weekosh. See, that makes Sukash, Weekosh, beef, and hummus. <laughs> <laughs> Just rolls that's, off the tongue. Every chi- giant child learns that's, in that's elementary an school. Party. All right, so you go to those four cardinal points. <laughs> East, you must do it in this order. East, south, west, and north. Go. Hummus. Sugash. Weekash. Beef. <laughs> I saw it coming. So he's waiting, he's waiting. Oh, beef. <laughs> Don't want to go too soon. <laughs> Just so sincere and worried as he says it. Just sweating. Beef. Oh, beef. <laughs> That's how I feel when I order at Subway. Oh, yeah. beef, beef, beef. What do you want? I don't know. Uh, oh, beef. <laughs> and hummus, uh, and hummus, too. Coke is going all over your computer. Oh, no. Oh, oh my oh, God. God. You, know what, you know it's coming, oh. and it still hits. Beef. <laughs> all right, so after Sir Will yells oh, beef stomach. at the top of his lungs. 
<laughs> just imagine this little halfling in our in full play in our, <laughs> touching the, the stone and just screaming. Beef. Beef. <laughs> Beef. That's an iconic moment. Yes. <laughs> Even though you all have the ability to fly, you've had to t- uh, touch down in order to do this. So you're kind of fighting against the the castle's uh, sort of turns as it as it makes its way downward. But as you do that, you feel the balance realign. Oh, oh, oh wow. what a cool feeling! Yeah. So at least it is level with the ground as it is careening toward it. Um, Renfall told you to now head to the engine room once you do that. Hopefully it's still there, and then he'll do everything he can uh, along with your help to try and make this as safe a possible landing. But your lives are in the balance. Some of you are in very bad shape, but there's no time. You have to decide what you want to do right here. Quickly to me. Yeah. And yeah, Jimmer's like limping out. Like Jimmer's very badly hurt, and he's like half his hair has been like burned off. He's got like blisters like on under his skull, and you know, salt missing hand. Everything. He's just like chung, chung, like dragging his like leg like behind him as he gets close to. And Sir Will channels positive energy. Yeah. All right, Baron. Baron especially needed that with what twelve hit points left. Uh, yeah, I'm opening up. Uh, yeah, here I'll have Christ, but there's about 12 hit points left. I believe it was 12. Joe, what is that? Uh, how many D6? 96. Okay, give me that 96. 96? 96 points of Ooh, 96. Wow. I'll do it digitally to, to make it quicker. Okay. Too late. Uh, well, that's a pretty good one. 31. Okay. Hmm. All right, so you all get 31 points of healing. Uh, you all needed it. and I was a fool. You were, well... No one likes a braggart. <laughs> you end up in the engine room, and there has to be this moment right before you get there, wondering if it's even there. Yeah, if you just yeah. pop into pure sky. Open sky, yeah. Yeah, this is a risk. It was. Well, we can fly, but still. We could fly. It was a risk worth taking. Could fly. Uh, you go there, and it is there. I direct you to the map in case you forget what this room looked like. Uh, remember the room with all the tubes coming out? So fucking cool. That's cool. So, you're in this room, and Renfall is there. And you see Renfall, who has been... Every time you've seen him, as loud as he is, as boisterous as he can be, he's always physically calm. He's playing his harp. He's hanging out. Now he is worriedly hurrying about the room. And you see him sort of transcending space and time to try and direct his energy to fix the damage that has been done to this room. You get there, and there's steam shooting out of the pipes. There's, like, clouds in the room itself, chunks of rubble everywhere. As you get there, it's just like pieces of the ceiling are falling around you. And he's like, my life's work! It has come to this! Gather at the force delay! Quickly! And you see there are four stelae, uh, one to the north, south, east, and west. Do you go back to the ones that you just chose in the yeah, foundation we room? we take our, our stations based on the ordinal directions that we picked it earlier. You're there, and he just goes right... It's ordinal or cardinal? Cardinal. 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 You go to those points and he sort of hovers over that center area hovers not only over it but through it and he just looks to the heavens above and he's like Gozri 
If you still find me worthy, give me the strength to power this vessel. My friends, focus on whatever it is that you love most in this world. Whatever you cherish. For me, it was this, this castle, this engine. Come what may, let us go down dreaming of better times. It has been an honor to partner with you. What do you think about in this moment as the castle's going down? And do you do anything to try and help Renfall control its descent? Because you know he's weak. You weakened him even further by having him use heal on Sir Will to remove his insanity. You have to be worried about what he can actually do in his state. He took serious damage from Volstice. Do you do anything? Do you think of anything? Do you think of anything? He's like, focus on whatever you love most in the world. I don't think the power of love is going to land this thing, but like, what is going through each of your minds? Don't take money. Don't take fame. What do you do? I, uh, Metro focuses on the things she loves most in the world, which is Della. Okay. You just, you picture Della. In what moment? Uh, the moment she was born. The moment she was born. You could channel a little bit of Matthew there, too. Fresh in your mind, picturing the birth of your daughter, Sir Will. Uh, Sir Will is... When he says, for me, it's this, when, when uh, Renfall's like, for me, it's this castle, Sir Will can't help but see Highbury hmm. uh, as it once was, as it was in his youth when he was younger. This impossibly beautiful, uh, you know, just uh, place. And um, I think then he thinks about Benric. And I see this scene, and uh, I'm actually getting emotional. <laughs> I, I think of this scene where he's like, um, uh, like he remembers being a kid with uh, Benric and um, Bartholomew and Frederick, his older brother, right? And they're all like kids at the castle, and they're like, they're like in like the uh, training yard. And they're like, like Frederick is older and he's just standing on the side and watching. And Sir Will is like training with Benric, who's more his age, uh, or not his age, but his size. And, uh, and Bartholomew is like, you know, off to the side, like hates training with swords and is like, you know, real anti whatever the other boys want to do. But, uh, Sir Will and Benric always loved playing at being knights, you know, Hmm. and he has this, this image of, of them all together as kids in hybrid before all this fucking shit happened. So, yeah. Jimmer. I think Jimmer, he's kind of been robbed of his purpose because, you know, all he's ever, like he decided a long time ago to just kind of devote himself, well, first to Galabras's family, like his father, but after learning, like, be, seeing, like, what a bad person Galabras's father was. Like, he just really focused his attachment on Galabras, like, his adopted brother. And that was his purpose. Like, he did all his training and everything else. Like, that was to keep him safe. 
and now Galabras is still like gone like he doesn't know where he is but it seems like from where last he saw him he doesn't need his help so really the last time when he was found like he was subjected to such torments that that all that purpose was just sort of subsumed by vengeance Hmm. so he wanted to he wanted his revenge for what was done to him like it was like a quick dirty motivation and now that that's done like I think somewhere like the adrenaline's still going and hasn't had time to process it yet but this probably just feels like a little empty inside like after the killing Titarian now Hmm. so he's I think he's almost like just on autopilot um just trying to do he knows that there's still people that can be saved that there's a threat that can be that can be dealt with but I think he's almost afraid for the adrenaline to run out because he doesn't know who he is now once that's once that's once that's happened and finally what about Baron Baron is uh, thinking about how he's a lawman and the chief defender of crew now and how this very castle was taken unlawfully from the people who should control it. Mm. And he sees Renfall trying to wrest control from it. And he reaches into the bag of holding, and he doesn't know if this means anything, but he pulls out the Stormlord's helm that we just found in that secret room up at the top before we fought it, and he says, Every leader should have a hat, my friend. Catch! And he throws it to Renfall, who, even though he's a ghost, thinks that maybe it'll like pass through into a corporeal way for him to wear in these last moments. Oh, I like that. Renfall's just like holding on to pipes. Ah! And he reaches out, and as his hand, you think it's going to go straight through his hand, he grabs it, and it, like, changes into something incorporeal. <laughs> oh, he places so cool. it on its head. And as it gets placed on his head, flavorfully, but I think in this moment, some degree of power, all eight charges that he has of himself to imbue a touch of law on people discharges into the floor around this whole engine room and you can see it crackle through the walls. Yeah, and then I'll say also uh, mechanically that Sir Will, this feeling that like washes over him of first he saw the castle, but then really it was the people in the castle. That's what he loved so mm-hmm. much. It He washes out and casts good hope on everybody mm-hmm. and it just raises everybody's hopes and positivity about what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Mechanically, it would give him a plus two bonus to anything he does, basically. So you all have these these memories and these thoughts and these feelings rushing through your heads and you, and you start kind of throwing the kitchen sink uh, <laughs> at this, you know, in terms of your, your magical abilities, your powers. You've come so far uh, from just uh, average human beings and, and average dwarves and average halflings and average Kyles. You're so much more now and you put everything you can into trying to help Renfall and Renfall wearing that helm now looking majestic. He was no fighter. He was a, a harpist. If he had been a fighter, maybe this castle would have never been taken over by Volsus. Maybe he could have rallied the troops better. Maybe he could have found a different way to talk to Nalbia and Nalbur and they would have never sided with him in the first place. Those who deserve power are often the last to seek it, but in this moment, with that helm, I think to Baron, he looks like the leader that this place deserved. Oh, God, if only he could have taken over, none of this would have happened. And he's just like, and 
pieces of him just start to break off and go into all of these tubes that are extending outward uh-huh. from the central sphere. And as it does, just like, boom, a whole section of the wall flies off and you just see open ground below. And you see a city several cities and the castle is like going right in the direction of these cities and as Renfall disappears suddenly it starts to turn away from civilization turn away from civilization (laughs) and go in the direction of an open field it is safe now it's going down do you go down with it I I think Jimmer is sort of ambivalent about it. I think it's just like in this moment, like as soon as it's clear that the people, this isn't going to kill people. He's just like, there's, a, there's this like moment of relief. And then it's just like, who the fuck am I now? And it's just like, what, why, why am I even here? Like, what, what do I have left in my life? And so I think for, for a moment, he's just sort of, he might even just give in to despair and just like almost want to go down with the castle. Sir Will is piecing immediately. <laughs> and when he sees like no hesitation uh, or no movement in that direction uh, from Jimmer, he stops immediately. He's like, Jimmer, let's go. Hurry, follow me and Lexington will lead the way out. And Jimmer just kind of like, oh, he like shakes his, himself out of it. And just looks at Will, and he's still like an incredible pain. Like he's still, even with the healing, like he's still very badly hurt. So he just like, sort of like nods and just sort of sh- shuffles off, like uh, towards towards Will, towards safety. That's right, this way. And I mean, the wall ripped off, so it's yeah. like open air out there, mm-hmm. so we can just fly out there, right? You could. You all have uh, the power of flight. Um, Renfall has uh, apparently given himself over to the engine, used his remaining energy to redirect the castle away from these civilizations, and you can see that, barring any unforeseen, it's going to go down in the middle of a field. Um, okay. Is, he still, is his form still there, or is it gone? There's pieces of him still breaking off. Maybe you just see, like, the half silhouette of him. Renfall. Yes! Oh, he sounds farther away. Thank you. For what? For saving those lives. It was the least I could do. And then Metro takes off flying and follows Sir Will and, and, and the others. You all go out of the castle. As Baron is about to fly away, he looks back and he sees Dalgor's body falling out from the side of pipes. And he reaches out and grabs the hand and flies yes. out with... Yes! Yeah, it just comes flying by and you right, yeah, you grab Dalgor's body. It's rotting. It stinks to him. It's, it's so stinky. Um, <laughs> his wrist snaps off from the rest of his body. <laughs> right, his speed of wind. This just, was Dalgrith Deathbringer's hand. The decomposition. What a, uh, what a cool relic of his hand uh, while the rest of his body just. The hand of a very minor. It ragdolls against. God damn it, man, dude. <laughs> the rest of his body ragdolls against the remains of the castle, and you fly out of the open hole and start. You just kind of create distance because you know this this thing is going to be a situation. You create distance from what remains of the towers above, and you get out and you just see it. 
boom. Mushroom cloud. Hit the ground. Yeah, just huge cloud. There are some parts of the castle that are certainly still intact. The lower floor is terrible shape. The upper floors that were breaking when Volstis started becoming really erratic and focused on the battle with you instead of, uh, you know, steering the castle and keeping it in good condition, it's in bad shape. But it goes down. And luckily, as far as you can see, there were no people there. There was no civilization. Um, if anyone was there, it was a very unlucky stroll through the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> well, off to pick flowers far, far away from my village. Tomorrow's my wedding day. <laughs> I pick this rare flower from off in the distance. Yes, it's only found in this one field. <laughs> what is... Oh dear. (laughs) All of a sudden got really dark. Oh my god! (laughs) You see it go down. And you see a couple other things. You see in the distance, maybe 10, 15 miles away to the north, a huge mountain. But what's so remarkable about the mountain is there is a huge statue of a dragon wrapped (laughs) around it. Smoke billowing from its mouth. Baron, you may even have heard of the sleeper. You spent some time uh, in the holds of Belkson. Maybe you researched the local culture and heard about the sleeper. And you see this in the distance. The other thing you see is a huge crater on the ground, another 10 miles away from where you are, to the south. And out of that crater, in almost concentric circles, is a slowly growing dome of darkness. You see no light coming from it at all, except somewhere in the center. You can all see it. It's very, very small. It looks like there is a lone figure within that darkness holding a gleaming red-pink sphere. (laughs) And you just see the dome of darkness growing. What do you do? Looks like our work isn't done yet. Is that the orb? That's the orb. And that's someone we've all got unfinished business with, whether we know it or not. Baron Eyes Metra. Sir Will Eyes Metra. Metra Eyes herself. <laughs> she pulls out, slowly pulls out a mirror. Fixes <laughs> <laughs> her lipstick. Let's go. So you go down somewhere in the vicinity of this darkness, this impenetrable darkness, not knowing exactly what is beyond. And you see it grow. And as you stand there, you also see... What do you think, Joe? Fucking giant eagle? <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Giant fucking eagle. How did you get to this location from Osirian with your friends? Giant fucking eagles, man. <laughs> Let the eagles soar. Yeah, so it's not one. It's not one. It's many eagles. Well, three, right? 
There's only three coming. Yeah. Uh, if there were 52 Eagles, it would suck because that would be, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles. But it's only three, so it's cool. Yeah. So they're not, they don't look like losers from afar. Uh, it's not until you get up close you really understand what failures they are. No. Uh, yeah. As we're coming in, I imagine across the way from the distance, we see these figures against the sun moving toward the darkness as well. And yeah, it's three giant eagles flying in with small figures perched mm. on each of their backs. I love this. So you, you're you flying in. I don't know if you expect to see anyone else. You don't even know what Brander's plan is. But sure enough, you see... But we know group. the where and the when. You know the where and the when. The how is the mystery. The how is the mystery. That, as the bard says, is the rub. It sure is. And perhaps these four other people are meant to help you. Because you see, as you get closer and closer, a human man, a Kyle, small but bold halfling on a magical wolf. Amazing. (laughs) And an old, old friend. (laughs) A dwarf. Yeah, I think that, I mean, yeah, because uh, he speaks to uh, Gormley and um, uh, Galabras telepathically now. Like, they have this connection mm. that he's able to speak to them telepathically. So the roaring wind and whatever doesn't matter. Even if they're far away on their eagles, it doesn't matter. He can just say, there, to the west, are friends. Ismitra and Jima, Sir Willamette Keswick, and Baron Ashpeak. Baron, eh? He survived. I knew he would. I knew he would. Because Silvertusk knows Metra and Jimmer well. Mm hmm. And he had heard of Sir Will and all that stuff and then got to know him a little bit better on the journey back. So them all being there is like, this is... And with Baron, that was their whole mission was to find Baron. Mm -hmm. They found him. They helped him execute his mission. And so, yeah, he's like, they are here to help us. Let's go. And uh, starts leading you on the eagles over toward them. So... As you guys land near this ever-growing darkness, you see the eagles come in and eventually land maybe 30 or so feet away from you. And, Baron, you see Galabras. And <laughs> what looks like Gormley, it's like a, her, the, she starts to fade out as you get closer to her feet. And an old elf that you recognize as Silverman from your time in True Now. Do you know what's inside Silverman? I don't think so, but I think that as we saw when Baron first arrived at True Now, he's used to feeling something. Mm-hmm. I think there's a ability of the blood in the Red Heart Ash Peak line to sense certain things in the mystical, oracular way. He felt something when he first met Katresra. 
and I think he just feels something and he looks and it's not like love at first sight. It's this deep understanding that is immediately comfortable and also impossible to understand upon seeing this. So it's like, it's almost like you don't know, but you know. Right. It's recognition. It's funny. It's it's sort of like the the Bible, the sort of like, like when Christ is resurrected, like he's not immediately recognized by his apostles. Right. He walks like, around. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. That's a good reference. Yeah. You'd think like, why wouldn't they? No, he looks the same, right? Yeah. No, there's something different. There's something different. Mm-hmm. So maybe you break off from the pack a little bit, Baron, and you start walking in the direction of this elf and Galabras and Gormley who are dismounting and walking towards you. And you do that because I can picture it as plain as fucking day. <laughs> I want to see that art in the oh, very yeah. background are the eagles. Yeah. Just their silhouettes. <laughs> and then in front, Gormley, Silver Tusk, and Galabras, and then Solo, Spurs clinking as he's yeah. walking over. Baron walks, walks up with spurs clinking and looks at all three of them and says, It was not on this plane that I expected to see any of you again. Oh, no, no, no. But it is warming my heart in ways I cannot imagine. Though you've changed. He locks eyes with Gormley. Gormley looks down at her. Slightly incorporeal self. It's like, have I changed so much that you don't recognize me, Baron? You look just as beautiful as the last time I saw you, girl. Oh, go on. (laughs) (laughs) I told you, Baron. I always come back. (laughs) (laughs) You prove me uh, wrong every time. Looks down at his shoes, grinds some dirt in the ground, feels (laughs) nervous again to see an old friend. You look over and you see Galabras. When's the last time you saw him? Did you visit him when he was feeble-minded? You did, like, when you came back from Red Lake Fort. But, like, I can't remember in the continuity of things if you saw him again or if when you came back they were like, oh, no, he's gone. It would have been 2.50 you came back. I think he was gone. I think he was gone. I'm Shia and Kat Benatar had taken him. Yeah, I, I think it's been a while. I think we can all agree you haven't seen him again walking around. And there's something different about him. You may seem changed most of all, Galabras. It's good to see you. None of us have remained unchanged, my dear friend. But it is good to see you again. And he's almost inscrutable now. Mm-hmm. And he's not wearing, like, I think he's just wearing, like, robes uh, with, like, open at his chest. So, like, the butterfly tattoo is, like, clearly visible. He's just wearing, like, sandals. Like, he's yeah. his shoes armor. Um, and, yeah, there's, yeah, definitely something quite different about him. But but you do know that it is the Galabras. And that's, uh, and on some levels, the Galabras you know. I think he feels warmth at seeing Galavris again, and then that inscrutable, unknowable kind of change that's happened also makes him feel cold and like a million miles away at the same time. So it's just the same type of feeling upon seeing is Silver Silver Tusk. Is that the name? <laughs> well, it's just Silvermane, right? Silver, yeah, Silver, you know him as Silvermane. You met Secret him. Secret name, Silver Tusk? It's only internal. Grand, internal only. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a part of the group. <laughs> Not a part of this uh, spiritual badass Delta Force. I mean, you you, you knew Silverman. You remember during the siege of True Now, yeah. uh, being a part of the the group that saved him while he was just wandering around. You saw him in the Council of Defenders in council meetings. 
But you see him now and you see through him to an old friend. What does Silvertusk say to Baron as you see this look on his face of like understanding and not understanding? As he walks up, he he smiles. And Galabras, you hear his voice. And he just says, Tell him I speak for all of True Now when I say we are happy you survived. And so you hear that through Galabras, and you're just looking at Silvermane, and he's smiling. And then he says, And then tell him I'm particularly happy to see my old friend. You stop leaving and coming back. And he rushes and hugs him like around the thigh. Every time it gets harder, you stop that. Damn it. I I think of when you say the episode you said Lork was born into Silvermane. You say somewhere in the eyes, you can see the eyes of Lork Iron Tusk. And that's when I imagine right when he gets close to Baron, you can see it in his eyes that it's, yeah. it's the same person. Yeah. And then as soon as you release the hug, Metro is there and she slits Silvermane's. <laughs> Our watch has ended. <laughs> she puts on the circlet. <laughs> oh man, she outbranded Brander. <laughs> she outbranded Brander. As you're you're having this reunion, you all hear this humming sound and and realize you have to kind of look back to this situation because now the darkness has grown ever closer to you. Now listen, Gormley and Galabras. Oh, oh, I want to say one more thing before you go into it. At that moment that he walks to uh, Baron, his hawk familiar flies off and with purpose. And normally this would be something he'd be very in tune with, but he was distracted by the reunion with Baron and doesn't really notice it. But you see it's like, it's definitely noticeable that it happens, that this hawk flies away with purpose. And we, of course, know that the hawk familiar's name is... Shiel. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was going to be Ethan Hawk. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is is Shiel. You named your hawk Shiel, so so Shiel flies off. And maybe your eyes then follow the hawk as it swoops over the dome and you guys go back and you see this situation that you have to deal with. And and, and, and Galabras and Gormley and and Silvertusk, Lork, you've spent enough time analyzing all the possibilities for ending this. And like you just reiterated, Joe, you knew the when and the where, but not the how. But you feel in this moment all... How many heroes here? Seven heroes. That the solution... Eight. Eight, if you count. Lexington. Like, seven heroes. <laughs> God damn it. And one halfling. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> good. That's pretty good. That's good. In this moment, the answer... Uh, Dogworth Deathbringer's here. 
It's just his, just his, hand. Just his hand, yeah, the hand. wrist up. No, it's corpse, his hand up. It's already been chopped up into five different fingers. He's got more hero in his hand. Then you... Uh, I can't finish that one. It just is so, he's just so terribly decomposed that eventually Metro disintegrates him as a gesture of... As a gesture, as a gesture of mercy. A gesture of mercy. You just know that the answer lies in, in, in passing through. You said it was impenetrable. It looks impenetrable, just like... Then we give up. The impenetrable darkness <laughs> that you've faced throughout your entire adventure. But you know that in order to get to him, in order to get to this power, you're going to need to step through. That's evident. You all know that. What you don't know is what that means for you. Is it a type of thing where you step through and it just immediately get vaporized? Is 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 the the aid of your power strong enough that you could surround it and all enter around? You know, and and maybe the power of the group is enough. You don't know, but Brander's in there, and you're out here. And if his goal is to end time, it's going to require a, a, a leap of faith, as it were. So, I'm going to kind of just go around and see what your choices are here and i'll start with gormley can gormley having intensely studied every single image from the pyramid does she can well does she like can i do a a knowledge check of some kind to understand what this dome is and what the effects on, on us will be yes great Give me a knowledge arcana i have no idea what her stat is on that I'd say roll. it's probably a plus two. <laughs> Definitely plus, four, <laughs> plus two. Uh, yeah. I rolled a natural 20. Oh, oh there we go. Baby! Awesome. A neon orange. Nat 20. Obviously, you have more than a plus two in Arcana <laughs> as a witch. And I think she had more than plus two when she was level one. I think so. Well. <laughs> <laughs> probably. She had an 18 intelligence. Almost certainly. Yeah, almost certainly. Yeah. Yeah, I, think my, well, certainly I mean, that. I helped you build her, so she probably had a 14 intelligence. Yeah, nice did. spread out. 14 <laughs> intelligence, 14 strength. This is your most you know. important stat, Matthew. Let's just bring it down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know when you're going to get into a broadsword fight. You want to make sure you have that strength. Uh... You you know that um, from studying all these things that Brander, over time, however long he's been doing this, has been tying himself to great artifacts to draw from their power in order to do something. From your conversation with him last time, it seems like for a long time his purpose was to try and perhaps save his mother, you know, but in realizing that doing so would mean he would be erased. It became this this issue that he was butting up against to the point where he realized the only solution is to uh, use these powers to end time. And so now that he has the Orb of Dragonkind in his power, in his possession, this is the last piece of the puzzle that he needs to enact this plan. And so as you look at this, at this ever-growing uh, dome of darkness, it's like he's creating a time blight that is... Uh-huh. Very clever. Like a disease that is growing oh, wow. outward from him. A virus. Yeah, and so stepping into that, you have no idea what, what the, what's going to happen Oh, you could be affected crossing over by like your 
journey through time. time could be diseased and yeah. fouled up. Get infected. Infected, like you're, yeah. You're, the, the way the time that affects you could become affected, infected. What I will tell you is one thing you've noticed in studying all of those images, and you chose to do that in your improv, is that as much as there is so much history of Galarian on those uh, on those different pictographs, there was so much about the personal history of the people here in this group. So you think that your powers combined might be enough to stop him. It's kind of like I said before, you threw the kitchen sink out to, uh, to buff yourselves in preparation for bringing the castle down. But now it's like if everyone were to come together and do everything they can, maybe there's a chance, but you don't know what happens if you fail or what the price is going to be to stop him. As you, everyone listen. Shut up, Baron. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you are about to say something. <laughs> I joke. No, but it's just very serious. His plan is to stop time. And I describe what the what what I my theory as to what he's doing, and my theory is how to stop him is if we all use our powers to combined, we might be able to end this time blight and before it infects anything larger than the current dome. Uh, I also want Sir Will to um, say. Uh, well, really, what I what I want to get into is an extended role play between Sir Will and Silvermane. I think it's important. <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely. In this scene, I will be playing both characters. <laughs> sure. Uh, no, and but but just seriously, to be clear, Silvermane is communicating telepathically. Oh God, it's so great that he can't talk. It's my favorite thing about this character. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, Sir Will does, like, you know, come up and say like, Silvermane, thank you. Uh, because they know each other too, and uh, it's great to see him. And and he was a beacon of leadership for that whole rescue okay, trip yeah. to, to Sir Will. So he's very happy to see him. And I just want to say that after uh, hearing all of that, Sir Will is not looking for other solutions, and he's just like, if you need someone to cross the barrier to test what will happen, I speak for Lexington and myself when I say we will do it. So he's happy to pass through first just to see what, if you guys want to watch what the effects are um, because he's he's happy to take it to die to do it, basically. So Gormley's going in, Sir Will's going in. What about Silverchesk? Um, it's almost like his life was leading to this moment. Yes. Silvertusk uh, has no question that he's going to walk through, but he's actually ready to let Sir Will go ahead of him just so he can be better prepared for the effects. If he sees something that can inform his what he does next, it's going to give him a better chance to stop Brander. He doesn't believe Sir Will has the ability to stop Brander, mm-hmm. but he thinks that he might. So he's like, okay, I mean, I'm going in, but let's see what Sir Will does just in case there's something I can prepare for myself. Um but either way, he's going in. Especially, I mean, Gormley said they need all seven of our power, right? Uh, well, the more the more the merrier, type. You feel like all hands on deck here. Yeah, I mean, um, he's definitely going in. But I'm just talking about party order. If that's a thing, he'll he'll go in behind the knight that's wielding the banner. He'll let him go ahead. What about Galabras? Galabras, he's sort of he again inscrutable. Just kind of like watching this happen, and he. 
closes his eyes, takes a deep breath, and centers himself. And he outstretches his hands, and there's this 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 new kind of energy emerges from him that anyone who is attuned to such things recognizes. It's not divine energy; it's arcane energy. Oh, and. He basically affects the time stop spell around himself. What? And he passes through the dome. (gasps) And Galabras walks in. (laughs) And there's something familiar about it. Wait, Galabras! Once once this power emerges from him, there's something about it that strikes a chord deep within each of you that seems very familiar, but hard to place. Oh, is that only protect you, or is is, is it? It's just me. It's just you. Yeah. Holy shit. Personal John? John. (laughs) 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 I got grabbed. He snorted. Just just any moment. Just ruined by John. (laughs) It's not ruined. It's Uh, heightened. I can't. can't. (laughs) Baron, you as a character have lived since the beginning of this story. You're the only one. Sure. Calabras and Gormley and Lork are here. It's different. You are... The lone survivor, in many ways. You have stamped out the great evil that is Volstice. But this other inscrutable evil stands before you. You could ride off into the sunset here, but you also know that there may not be a sunset, based on what Gormley has explained to you. What do you do? If there's anyone around... Baron that seems to have their bravery faltering, he will address the following to them. In lieu of that, he addresses this to himself because I think he feels himself faltering because he is human. Yeah. I think even the bravest among the group still has a look in their eyes like the unknown. What is that unknown? Especially the non-Osirian group. Mm -hmm. You just went through hell. In front of this absence of existence, this black energy, this roaring sphere, he says into it, staring into the inky blackness, During the Age of Creation, Torag and Gorum join forces to defeat Rovagug. We must let their story empower us again today, for we have our own rough beast to tame. Looks up at the sky blue dots of it, the clouds that he was just flying in and says, I call upon you, Torag, father of dwarven kind and the father of all creation to grant me the blessing of your forge. I beseech you to imbue one of your humble servants with the earth shattering might of your hammer in order to provide protection for those who cannot defend themselves for as incomprehensible as his evil ways may be. He makes eyes again at the black energy in front of him. I take solace in the solid path you provide all of us. If only we are brave enough to walk it. I swear to you again on this day that I am ready for the task. You see him basically go Super Saiyan as the blessings of Torag (laughs) subsume him and all of his healing powers, all of his self-buffing powers, his judgments, his best ones all come down on him at once. And you can see for the first time, like a line drawing outline of the Forge Father behind him. 
<laughs> As Torag cannot be summoned directly to fight this battle, he will at least support his greatest servant at this moment. Oh, I love that. Nice. Yes. Just watched Moana yesterday. I've seen it. I was just talking about that yesterday. It's a good movie. It's fucking great. Great movie. And at the end, when the like Earth goddess like lifts them up, yeah, their hand, giant hand. So imagine like Torag. He's not actually lifting you up, but it's almost like he's he's pushing you in. And he's like he's like a catalyst that that set aflame everything in Baron's position. Like all the scrolls, the scrolls of cure moderate wounds, and the scrolls of like remove curse. Everything that he's been collected. All are encanted at the same time. They all go to heal Jimmer. Like, all of Jimmer's hit points are healed in that moment from the healing power. And everything Baron's missing, everything anyone was diminished in the battle, are brought back just in this one moment. Jimmer, your journey to this moment has been long. It's not a pissing contest, but a lot harder than most after what you've been through. Tortured. But now, there stands your brother, your surrogate brother, the reason you came on this journey to begin with. I I mean, when he walks up, like you said, you almost don't even recognize him at first. What is going through your head during all of this? I think, yeah, once he sees Galabras, once he, like, finally recognizes who he is, he's just hit with this wave of like renewed purpose until he realizes like Galabras like in the state that he's in like Galabras is so focused on the task ahead of him that he doesn't even seem to acknowledge Jimmer at all and then you know he's just like watching him to like see what he does and he sees him pass through this dome and his heart breaks a little bit seeing like where he's gone and knowing that he might not be able to follow but he is determined that he will like at whatever cost there is to to him to his body to his mind like he's going to pay that price to follow him metro throughout all of this correct me if i'm wrong but is this the first time you're seeing brander yeah Oh, can, it, can I see his face or can I just see it? I, I mean, I don't want to uh, improv your character, but it, to me, you've been staring at this the whole time. Oh, yeah. If I can see his face, I think Metro just has gone completely silent. You see his face and you're just staring to the beyond, staring straight through. You can see through the darkness. You see best in the dark, as you've said a number of times. And you see stitched on one side of his face. Not your daughter. Certainly not your daughter. But a memory. Uh, Metra is going to cast Limited Wish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here she goes. To basically <laughs> step outside of time. Much as inspired by what Galabras did, she was like, oh, excellent idea. I'm just going to step outside of time to kind of phase herself through the bubble, or through the edge of the dome and into the dome with him. If we do a close-up inside, right before you phase through, of Brander realizing there are others, something in what you just did is connected to like a muscle that's twitching on the patchwork piece of Della that's on his face, and he knows you're close. He knows you're all close. And he just says, Now, 
And at that moment, Jimmer, you feel as if the tendrils of an unseen eldritch abomination are drilling their way into your brain. You've lost your eye, you've been wounded in battle, and this pain is that times a million. But the pain is not without purpose, because as it begins to not subside, but start to feel normal, like this pain is normal, all you know is that in order to save... Galabras, you must kill those who would interfere with his salvation. And those people are Metra, Baron, and Sir Will. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> oh, this just turned. Metra, right before you step through... You now have this preternatural sense that something is wrong, and you see Sir Will about to break through into the other side as well. But you look over at Jimmer, and you see that something is wrong with Jimmer. He is looking at all of you with a ferocity in his eyes that he should not have. Sir Will, Jimmer, something's happened. He turns, looks, points Lexington toward him as well. See if Lexington has any reaction. Jimmer? Jimmer! It's all okay. And Jimmer is, like, he's he's shaking, and he's just, like, he's fighting this pain that has permeated his whole body. And he's just, like, he's clutching his face, and he looks up with his one good eye, and it's wild and bloodshot and berserk. And you can see that he is not in control of himself. Brenda has taken him! Careful! And he says to everyone, Brenda is doing something! Jimmer has been turned! Metra, Baron, you see this as well. And you kind of have to choose what you want to do here. Stop Jimmer or stop Brander. There's no choice for Metra. Stop. She's, she continues into the dome to stop Brander. So, Sir Will, you see Metro kind of give you the look. He's like, you go take care of Mr. Forsyth. <laughs> and you too, Silvermane, Galabras, and Gormley. Because he ventured with them too for yeah. some time, all off camera. I'll buy you as much time as I can. Baron. What do you and do? go fuck yourself, Troy. Side <laughs> yeah, note. Seriously. <laughs> Can you do this yourself, Sir Will? Nope. <laughs> but I'll give you as much time as I can. <laughs> he quit 17 to 20! <laughs> <laughs> Baron can't understand this. Foreign language. <laughs> Lexington's backpedaling. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Pissing itself. <laughs> He's not. I'll do my best, Sheriff. I'll buy you time. You've traveled with Sir Will for a long time. Yeah. You know what he's capable of. You probably know it more than he does. What do you do? God. We've been chasing Brander for so long. I just, I don't want Sir Will to die. I don't want Jimmer to be hurt either. I, I, I don't know what I could do besides potentially kill Jimmer on the way there. You should definitely shoot him with your gun. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. I know what I can do. I can non-lethally <laughs> shoot him with my gun. <laughs> no, I mean, Sir, Sir Will is... object. Sir Will is suggesting that you go to Brenner because he's suggesting, like, he can hold him off. All right. You know what I mean? Like, he can distract him. Maybe he can yes. move faster than him. He you can... know, the, the, Troy, you set the stakes correctly. All <laughs> of us could die at any moment going into this. We don't know what's going on. I think the buying time thing that Sir Will is doing is putting him in the same situation that Baron could be going Plus, into. I mean, there's no... Everyone else who has gone in to, to face... Brander at this moment have had some sort of protection on him, very powerful protection to be able to do it. Jimmer doesn't have that at all, so if he tries to do it, like it could be the end of him anyway. Okay, so you, you do too. So it's you know, yeah, yeah, you're buffed to the wazoo. Yeah, you may kill Jimmer. Yeah, maybe, maybe Sir Well will at least yeah, yeah. die trying to hold him off. I yeah, think Jimmer's still like very badly hurt. I also think there's something about. Sir Will that we don't see in battles a lot of the time which is he could kite and run and move around and keep yeah, him distracted right. and all the, all that type of stuff. So we that's saw it in so many yeah. giant fights. He yeah. would just kite one giant that would buy everybody time. So Keep him busy. Keep him busy. And he steps in. Oh! Yes, sir! Oh, baby! <laughs> bear! Bear! <laughs> so, Sir Will, you're you're staring down Jimmer. You see a darkness. Outside the dome? Outside the dome. All right, so he never walked in. Okay. Yeah, you. right as you were walking, I started, like, moving forward to, like, what other people were doing at the same time that you were stepping through. And then just as you're about to go, <laughs> Metra's like, leave this one to me. She steps through. So the only people outside of the dome now are you and Jimmer. And Jimmer is... You see this darkness. You see this evil. You know evil. You smite evil for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Every morning. Yeah, at this level, I can smite smite breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But you also know that Jimmer is not evil. There is just uh, the power of evil is consuming to him. The hell that he's been through. Mm -hmm. And the only other person that hasn't stepped through is Silver Tusk. So let's cut to him before we deal with Sir Will and Jimmer. What is he doing? Well, he was waiting for Sir Will to go through. So sir, this all uh, happening, I I don't like uh, all of Silver Tusk's magic. It, it does not. He does not have break enchantment eff- effects. I don't believe. Pardon me. Um, and if he does, I'll I'll just. I'd love to ruin your story real quick. Let me just. <laughs> uh, Let me just isn't that what Pathfinder's your... for? It's like yeah. four it's players to ruin the GM story. Well, you yeah. know what? Uh, <laughs> there, we do have a scroll of breaking gem. <laughs> we do. Oh, but Baron used it up in his big scene. I didn't. We used every scroll it's we true. have. It's canon. I couldn't. I couldn't take into account how evil <laughs> Troy would be in this moment. Well, protection from evil should give someone another save if there was a save. The bag of holding disappeared. He burned that as well. Yeah. Uh, no. No, but I think he held that it up and just it, it burned an effigy. <laughs> I'll give you something. Silver As man. you're standing at the edge, trying to decide, you see someone is looking at you. You have eyes in the back of your head. Really? Metaphorically. Metaphorically uh, speaking. It's some sort of freak! <laughs> <laughs> you have to specify. It is a magical world. It's that, a magical world. That's it could why literally they, be happening. That's why they kicked him out of Highbury. Right. I can see you struggling with this, Joe, and I, I know it's because I, I'm forcing you to make a decision. No, I'm not struggling. I, I, I'm not struggling. You're not struggling? Okay. No, I just wanted to actually see mechanically if I could break your story, but I don't think that I can. Okay. So, uh, well, here's no. what I'm going to do in the meantime, just to add another wrinkle to your thing. You get the sense that you're being watched, and you turn. And a hundred yards away, you see 
a group of people. With a hawk hovering around them. With a hawk hovering around them. And this group is looking in awe at what they see, which is the sleeper in the distance, this huge mountain, like skull fucking mountain from uh, He-Man, a crashed castle in the clouds, this giant crater of darkness, the time blight, and then stepping forward out of the group is Shiel. Oh. She steps forward and she looks at all of this and she looks at the three remaining people who have not stepped through the darkness. And, you know, you and I have never talked about this, but I kind of always assumed this, and you can tell me I'm wrong, but I feel like for hundreds of years as Silver Tusk, you could have gone to see her, to check up on her, to look at her with your own eyes for the first time. You didn't get that chance as Lork. Am I correct in believing in my headcanon that you never did? Uh, yes, but in my headcanon, he never did because he doesn't really know. Oh, because of the clouded memories. Of yeah, Silver. he doesn't really know. Uh, I think that it's... Yeah. He doesn't really know. It's all uh, like a, a dream within a dream kind of thing. And as he sees things that are close to him, he becomes more aware it touches on something deep within him but out of sight out of mind mm. right so like if he had never seen her like he would have no reason to go looking for her in my in my mind that's how i had always played it well she steps forward because if you never came to her she has now come to you and if it's a proximity based thing that triggers memories then maybe that's enough for you to know in that moment just like a flood of memories just start hitting you you see your time in the black arrows you see getting injured and being nursed back to health in Skelt you see Briella you hear the sounds of a baby crying you see Lork and all of this and you realize that is your true born daughter and you're a hundred yards apart, and the blackness is now creeping right up to your feet that you have to kind of back up before it envelops you. You see Sir Will standing against Jimmer, a man that you orchestrated a rescue mission for. You know his strength. You hope that he'll be enough to save Jimmer. But Brander, someone you've been searching for for hundreds of years, stands before you. You know not what exists beyond this inky blackness. And there is your daughter for the first time in the flesh. What do you do? What do you say? What happens? Oh, man. I think that he... First of all, he leaves Sir Will and Jimmer. Sir Will told him, take care of Brander. He was mentioned in the list, and he agreed with him. And he believes in Sir Will's capabilities of at least holding off Jimmer. He doesn't think he can beat him in a stand-up fight, but he doesn't need to beat him to buy them time. Those, those two things are not one and the same. So, and when his familiar flew off and he sees him hovering around these people, he knows it is a message. It is something of import. And he's just, again, the same as he flew in on the Eagles. He saw people coming. Good is coming to this place to defeat Brander right now. And whether he orchestrated it or not, it's, it's happening on all sides. And he feels 
that most likely these people are going to help in some way. Um, and so he's going to move toward them. And I want to bring something up here. Uh, during my research for this stuff, I found a Google Doc that I wrote in preparation for the encounter with the carriages. I guess where we met Nimnim. Oh, yeah. yeah no, yeah. no, it wasn't. Maybe it yeah. was Nimnim. It yeah. was. With it the was. carriages on the side of the mountain. you thought you would yeah. meet Chael. I there. thought I would meet Chael, and then you just had her vanish. Like, she was gone after the fight. Right. I never met. So I have a Google Doc called Lork Meets His Daughter. Oh. Just with some things oh. I kind of wanted to say as Lork, just to prepare. And I wrote that on April 23rd, 2018. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. I found it on my computer, April 23rd, 2018. Yeah, it was inches away. You you were there. That was before Lork, uh, as Lelf, was taken down. Um, How long ago was that in game time? That was beginning of book four. Beginning-ish of book four. Um, So, so, yeah. A month or two? (laughs) Well, for Silvermane, it's hundreds of years. It's about seven days. But, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, seven days. Uh, Yeah, probably probably two months. Two months. Uh, Yeah, so... So he's going to he's going to move over there, hundred uh, yards away, and she, but she's stepping forward, and the group is kind of keeping their distance as well. They know they know that whatever Shiel's mission was is was for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pro yeah. Well, he's going to walk up, and he can't speak uh, to them. And as he's trying, I imagine he tries to reach out to her and has no idea that she has these, like, spiritualist capabilities. Uh, And that through the veil of, like, life and death, kind of, in a way, that maybe they can connect, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And all of a sudden, he, he senses it. And he's just like, I know your name. And maybe she speaks to you telepathically as well because there's still a distance there. Maybe you're still slowly walking towards slowly each other. Slowly walking. Yeah. You, Silverman you, doesn't run. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you know also that that blackness is coming closer and closer to you, so you kind of have to uh, negotiate that. He as fears you move. it not. <laughs> <laughs> and she just says, Father. Never knew why I named her Shael. It always dogged my understanding. And he refers to the hawk. Uh, and she looks up. He's like, She's been with me for many years, reminding me of something I'd long forgotten. Yes. Just as I have been with you as well, though you did not know it. You have always had the place in my heart, even though I didn't know what your face looked like, what your voice sounded like. My mother said I was always like, more like you than her. What is happening here, Father? 
great evil has come. To destroy all that we know. A past which brought us together may be washed away forever. And I believe you've been sent by fate, you and these people, to aid in maintaining a past that we must keep. Past you and I must work to save so that we may have a future. And you look down and the darkness is gone over your left foot hmm. and is starting to close over you. There isn't time now. Be brave. No, Father, don't go. Please. You'll be all right. Please, just stay. There will be time. We will make sure of it. <laughs> Goes over your left leg and is now starting to go over the left side of your body and she just sees and she just starts running full speed and her group sees her break off and they start trying to keep up with her but she's too strong, she's too fast and she just runs and runs and runs in the darkness. You don't walk into the darkness, the darkness walks over you and you allow it and just as she gets there, she reaches out for your hand. Does she get it or is it? does the darkness take it? Uh, the darkness takes it. The darkness takes it. <laughs> and she just falls backward in shock. And the darkness starts coming towards her. And just as it's about to envelop her, she sees Sir Will. And she sees her people. And she just, like, pushes herself along the ground to get away from it. And... All of them gather behind Sir Will as Sir Will and Jimmer stand off <laughs> in front of this darkness. Everyone else is inside! I can and we see will it. I can see, see the two of them. Pondering! Come on! I'm toe to toe! Oh my god, she just pulls out a sword. I'm frozen in time! <laughs> Until part three. Oh. When Sir Will runs Jimmer through, I kill you. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. The Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. 
This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.